think God knows that we're human. And because we're human, we have this spiritual ADD. Anybody got spiritual ADD? You know, attention deficit disorder. It's like we, we sit there and we know what we want, but we just get so off track. And God knows that. And I think what he wants to help us to see today in this next way to help us get ready is how to make sure that our eyes can stay on him. How do I find out what this plan is that God has for me and how do I walk in it? So what we're going to look at is in Joshua chapter uh, 1, starting with verse 7. And he says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So here you go. And I, just so you guys know, I, when I read this, the, one of the things that hit me almost immediately was another passage in the New Testament of a couple verses that Jesus Christ said. And just so you know, the Old Testament is really important for us to learn and to understand, and we can totally see God's principles in the Old Testament. But you also have to be careful because we really do live after the cross, after the death and the resurrection of Christ. There is a new covenant and a new way of living by grace through faith in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. But let me just take it real quick to what Jesus said, and I'll show you why, why it matched for me. It's in John chapter 4, starting with verse 23. Jesus said this, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. If you can just keep that up there just for a second. I, I, I want to show you something really cool in here. The first one of, is, is this. If you, how many of you were actually here two weeks ago, our four-year anniversary? How many of you were here, just so I know? Okay, okay, a lot of you weren't, though. There was something that was really cool when God started this whole deal of, of, of really rescuing the uh, Israelites from Egypt. Is what he said to Moses was, remember this, I have seen the misery, and I've heard the cries, and I'm concerned. And that's one of the most beautiful things about our God, is that God is not a God who lives up in an ivory tower, who's not involved in the mess of this world, but he's a God who says, I'm concerned. And the other thing I love about this, and then when I look at this passage, guys, look at that. There is a type of worshiper that our Father seeks. There is a type of person who's a worshiper that our God actually seeks after. Do you want to be one of those? I mean, for me, I sit there and I go, to think that, because lots of times the scripture also says you have to seek after God, right? Seek God and he will find you. You ever feel like he plays hide and seek? I, I, I mean, sometimes with God, you're like, you know what? I am seeking, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, and I can't find you. And when I read this, I'm like, but this is so great. It's not just us seeking God. He actually seeks after us. But who's, who does he look for? He's looking for a true worshiper. Now, can I just tell you again, if you're here today, it doesn't matter if you don't even believe that there is a God. You could be a completely irreligious person, or you could be a religious person, you can follow Christ, it doesn't matter. Did you know that every human being worships? Everybody does. 
Everybody worships. In fact, and when you look at what this word means in the, in the Old Testament, probably about seven years ago, I really studied this whole concept of worship, trying to figure out what it is. There are basically two words that are translated into worship. And the first one is to bow down. That's what it means. Now, in our culture today, when's the last time you bowed down, right? See, we don't do that because we're Americans. You know, we don't, we don't bow down to people. What are you talking about? But the Bible says what worship means is you take a really humble posture. And you lower yourself and you elevate somebody else. You bow down before them. The second word that's translated worship means to serve. It means you do whatever they tell you to do. And here's where I want to show you. There's not a human being alive that doesn't worship. Now, the reality is, who do we worship? What do we worship? And you know what it is? Most of us worship ourselves. <laughs> that's where it is. Who we bow down to is our own ideas. And really, I think that's our culture today. Our culture pretty much says today, here's what you do, you guys. You follow your own heart, right? Whatever's best for you. What's right for you, that's what you should do. Well, what is that? That's worshiping what? Yourself. I know what's best for me, and nobody else does. And when I have a desire, when I have a thought, I follow that. I serve it. I do whatever I want. Does that make sense? See, you're, you're, you're actually a worshiper. That's what worship really is. But what, what God is saying is, I'm looking for a worshiper, a true one, who actually bows down to me. I'm actually looking for a worshiper who says, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And I know for some of you right now, you have gone to the left, and you've worshiped stuff off to the left. You've worshiped stuff off to the right. You've worshiped either yourself or maybe your job. I know some of you in here right now, you serve your job. And you might not even want to, or you might want to. Some of you are in a relationship that you're totally serving. You bow down to it. When you make a decision, the decision is based on the person or on the income or on the job. And what God is saying to us is this. Do you want my plan? Do you really want my plan? Because I am moving. And if you want it, then what I'm going to ask you to do is actually worship me. And there's two ways that a true worshiper actually worships. They worship in truth, and they worship in spirit. And that's, now let's go back, and I want to show you that this is exactly what God was trying to say to us in, in, in Joshua chapter 1. Let's read verse 7. He says, be strong and very courageous. You guys notice how many times he's saying be strong and courageous here? If you were here last week, he says be strong and courageous. Two verses later, he says strong and be courageous. Now he says be strong and very courageous. See, now what he's trying to say is, I'm not kidding here. Because I'm going to do something that's going to knock your socks off, and there's no way you're going to go with me unless you're wrong, strong and very courageous. Now let me help you to know how you can be very courageous. What does he say? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, let me share one thing real quick that you need to understand. When the, when the word talks about the law, now, 
Now, I, I, I mean, we could talk for hours about this whole idea of the law, okay? But let me just, and some of you know more, and some of you don't know anything about what the law means. At its base meaning, in the Old Testament, when they would talk about the law, the law are God's teachings. They are God's instruction that he gave through Moses to the Israelites. And so what basically what's happening here is God is saying to Joshua, don't forget my teaching. That's it. Don't forget the instruction. I gave it to you. And that's what we need to look at. And then what does he say? The first thing he says is this. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Day and night. Now, some of you, in fact, I, I've actually in the past actually been said, hey, you don't, you're not supposed to meditate. What do you mean you're not? You know, because some people think, well, that's, a, that's an Eastern religion thing. Well, no, it's not. It's a, it's a Jesus thing. <laughs> it's actually right in the Bible. You're supposed to meditate. But the difference is you don't meditate to kind of empty yourself. You actually meditate on the word of God. And you know what it means to meditate? It means really kind of like the, the best picture I've ever seen is it means to like a, a cow chewing his cud. This is meditation. <laughs> and you, just, you ever seen a cow? You guys, I'm from Michigan. You know, my mom and dad are farmers. I mean, you look at that cow will sit there and do, do nothing. But it's chew and chew and chew. And you know what? What God is saying to us is when you read my word, I want you to chew and chew and chew and get it in you. Man, we are so microwave Christians. I mean, we really are. Come on, baby, give it to me now. Right? Drive through, pop it in, let's go. And, and lots of times what happens is if you actually do read the Bible, maybe what you're doing is you're taking it like five minutes, you're popping the pill, and you're going right? Dietary supplement. Works great. What God is saying is, if you're ever going to know, if you're ever going to know what my plan is, the first thing you got to do, trust me, his instructions right there, meditate on my word day and night. You got to know what my teachings are. And so here's the application. For some of you in here, you have actually, and I, I know I've talked to a lot of you, it's some of you, this thing just freaks you out. And it feels a little daunting, it's kind of thick, but just buy a slim, you know they have trim line Bibles? Buy that, it helps. Just psychologically, it looks easier. But, but buy a Bible and actually just start to read it. I'm serious. And so can I just go real quick again? Because this is very important because there are Bibles. Have you guys been to a Christian bookstore lately? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's Bibles for plumbers, you know, the plumbing Bible and the pregnant at six months Bible and the, you know, just retired Bible and the brand new baby Bible. I mean, there's Bibles for everybody. It's absolutely ridiculous. Can I just share with you um, real quick, if you don't have a Bible, did you know you can grab one? These are out in the lobby. These are free. Just grab it. Um, but if you're going to get one, can I just share which one I think you should get? <laughs> Again, I, we'll just keep going through this. And here's why I'm going to go through this. Okay, I'm going to take a second. Here's why I want to go through this. The top thing for us this year at K2 the Church is I, we want every one of you to have a personal adventure with God. I'm telling you, religion is for the birds. If any of you have grown up in church your whole life and it's been boring and religion has been not understandable and religion has been anything but exciting, some of you know so much, and it doesn't stir your heart one bit. Can I just tell you that Jesus had a real hard time with religion? 
And, I, and what needs to happen, you guys, this is not about religion. Not, it's, at least it's not about man-made religion. What it's about is personally knowing Jesus Christ. Personally. This is a real deal. God knows the plans he has for you. God wants to instill it within you. And my plea to you is to say, I want you, and I'm encouraging you, to get into the personal adventure with God. And if you're going to know what he wants you to do, you got to worship in spirit and truth. And so the first thing is you got to find out what the truth is, okay? So there we go. There's my, there's my pitch. Now, what Bible? The New International Version is the one that I almost teach from every time. Uh, it's very easy to understand. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good version. The other version would be the New Living Translation, which is so NIV or NLT. And when you go to the bookstore, you can find those very easily. Now, which one, though? There's a million of them. I can tell you, I would, guarantee, I would encourage you to buy one of two. The first one is called a study Bible. You can buy the NIV study Bible or the New Living Translation study Bible. Now, here's, here's if, this is for you. If when you read the Bible, it makes no sense to you, okay? When you're reading this, if it's just, I, I just want to understand it better, then what happens is in the study Bible, they have notes on the bottom for almost every single verse, and when you read it, if there's something you don't get, you can go down and, and it'll explain it to you, explain the culture to you, the meaning of the words, all that kind of stuff, okay? So get the study Bible. The second Bible is called the Life Application Bible. And that would be if you read the Bible and you just want to know, what is this, what's this matter? What is, does this make any difference to my life? The Life Application Bible will help you to see how God's Word actually gets implemented into your life where it's not just a religious exercise. It's something that you can follow and know. Same thing. You read the Bible, and it'll have notes all the way on the bottom. All right? So if you don't have a Bible, if you've never read it before, and you've never had a chance to meditate on it day and night, then I want to encourage you. NLT, New Living Translation, New International Version, the Study Bible, or the Life Application Bible. And that will be an amazing tool to help you personally receive from God what he has for your life. And that's what God wants. He, he is moving in your life. Are you ready for his move? How are you going to know what his move is? One way is you got to know what he's saying in truth. All right? The second thing is this. In, uh, and I've, we've, we've promoted these big time. They're called the Life Journal. And we actually have these out in the lobby every single week. Uh, now, I think they only have like three or four copies, so they might have been gone. But we will replenish this. And basically, this is something that I've been doing for like 20 years. And, and again, if you've never, this is how I meditate, because I actually do have an ADD when I'm with God. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know if I have ADD normal times, but as soon as I try to be with God, I get it. Anybody else relate to me? It's like you try to sit down and pray, and next thing you know, you're thinking about everything else in the day except God. You know, you read the Bible, and it's like, does anybody else fall asleep when you read the Bible? It's like, you read the Bible. I mean, I could be awake as I am right now, put the Bible in front of me, and I fall asleep. So... What I'm doing is I, for 20 years, I, I just grab a notebook, and I just buy one at the you know, Walgreens or whatever, but these are really cool because they have some cool instruction in the front. And you just begin to, you guys, this is how I meditate, because if I, otherwise I'd fall asleep. I meditate by writing down my thoughts into the, about the scripture that I'm reading. And I'm going to tell you, usually what happens to me is I'll pick a verse, write it at the top, I'll start doing my little journal, and it's like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, oh, whoa, and next thing you know, by the end of 20 minutes 
or a half hour or whatever, by meditating, by chewing on it, it starts to get into my heart. It actually starts to make sense to me. And God actually reveals to me what he wants me to do with my life. If you have never done that, if you've never sat with his word long enough to let it get into your being, man, I'm telling you, you're missing out on an incredible meal that God wants to feed you. So if you've never done that, I encourage you to pick one of these up. They're only like five bucks, all right? Third, here's something very, very exciting here at K2. We're starting a brand new deal, and we're calling it K2U, okay? K2 University basically is what it is. And the thought came from this. I've talked to quite a few of you who said, you know what, I've, I've, I've received Jesus Christ here. My spiritual journey has begun here. Um, I even feel like I get the foundation of the faith and what Christianity is all about. And then people have looked at me and said, so now what? <laughs> See, because once you get God, you just want to keep, you want more of him. You're never satisfied. And so I know for some of you, you're looking for something deeper. We hear that all the time. I need something deeper. And, and, and you know what? You're right. We do. So here's what we're going to offer. Starting on October 29th, it's a Wednesday night from 7 till 9, right here. It, it'll either be right here, actually in here in this facility or in one of the uh, rooms on the, uh, in the white uh, warehouse in our classrooms. And what it's going to be is a specific study right through the book of Ephesians, which is an amazing book. We've done series here on this book because there's some great truth in there. But what you'll learn is you will actually learn how to study the Bible. And if, you, if that's something you just don't know, if you pick it up and you're like, I don't know how to do this, man, I'm telling you, K2U is for you. And you will learn how to go through a book of the Bible on your own. And the second thing you'll learn is you will go into the depths of that book, Ephesians. There's some great theology. Don't let that freak you out because you have a theology, okay? All that means is your belief about God. You have one, but you're going to actually get into his word and you're going to find out who he is and then practically too. Ephesians is a great practical book to help you know how to live it out. Okay, so there you go. Start, you can sign up for that today. We're starting on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock K2U, if that's something that you're looking for that, you, you've, that we haven't provided here at this point. All right, so God says, here's the deal. You want my plan? Because I'm going to move. You want to go with me? Be strong, be courageous, and worship me in truth. Well, how do I do that? You meditate on my word day and night. Get it into your system. Now, here's the second thing he says. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that. Now, why do you meditate on it? Because you want to be a biblical scholar, right? Because you want to show how smart you are. You want to get in debates and just drive people into the ground with your intense knowledge. No. At least, please, no. In fact, just New Testament says, Jesus said, because knowledge puffs up, right? You got to be really careful when you start getting smart. Because as soon as you start getting smart, you think you're better than everybody else. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Okay? And what does it say? He says, meditate on it day and night. Why? Oh, there's no Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it to do everything that's written in it. Now, here's the deal, you guys. And I've said this so many times. There are maybe some of you who might know a lot about God. You might know a lot about the Bible. You might know a lot about Jesus Christ. But you know what? 
understanding something and actually living it are completely different. And can I just tell you, you will never go on the adventure with God if you don't live it. Jesus was so frustrated with the Pharisees. Why? Because they knew it. And they were the most religious, frustrating people to him because they didn't live it. And so for us, on this thing, what it, what, when it says, be a worshiper in truth, you know what that simply means? Is when I read it, I bow. I humble myself. And then I serve. Which means what? If God says to do something, I'm going to do it. And if he says not to do something, then I'm not going to do it. That's a true worshiper. That's the type of worshiper God's seeking. He's looking for somebody who has a very humble spirit, a very gentle spirit, who will just listen to him. Can I give you, can I give you an illustration of how this works? Look at Galatians uh, chapter 5. Great passage, starting with verse 19. See, because you have a choice when you read the Bible. You can ignore it. You can not listen to it. You can defer it. And he says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, and again, what's a sinful nature? It's a nature that's bent away from God. It's the nature that's bent towards yourself is really what it is. And when you follow your own selfish nature, he says your lives will produce these results. These what kind of results? Evil results. He says what will happen is there will be sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. I love that. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, Shan, take me back to verse 19. Can I just show you a few kind of what he's saying here? Here's the deal, you guys. Do you want God's plan for your life? Because he has one. What he's saying to us is simply this. If when you read my word, one of the things I've really said is sex is very, very important to me. <laughs> Not just me, but God says that. Sex is very, very important to God. And so he says, so when I tell you that in the scriptures, that I created marriage to be the place where sexual intimacy happens, and you say, hmm, I'm not going to listen to that one. Okay, great. That would be sexual immorality. There's impure thoughts and eagerness for lustful pleasure. And you know what he says? You're totally free to do that because I created you a free being. And you can listen to me or not. It's your choice. You want to go left? Go ahead. And a lot of us have gone left. It's not that great. Have any of us gone center and listened to God's plans for sexuality? He has a will for you. And when you worship him in truth, it means, okay, the Bible's true, and it says I shouldn't do this, so I don't do it. I'm not involved in sexual activity outside of marriage. That's simply what sexual immorality is. It's sexual involvement outside of marriage. Just not going to do it. Then, what, then, then look at this next stuff. He goes into idolatry and participation in demonic activities. Just this whole idea that, again, that we worship other things. We get involved in other areas where we offer our lives instead of God. And then he goes into this whole area of relational stuff. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, and divisions. So, so, so you sit here today and you go, you know what? I want God's plan for me. He goes, okay, then here's the deal. There should be no hostility. 
There's no quarreling or jealousy. There should be no outbursts of anger or selfish ambition. If you are living for yourself and, and showing anger and all of these things, then guess what? That's just, okay, again, you're free to do that. But that's just not how I work. And if you're going to worship me, you need to listen to me. And then he goes on to this other stuff, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. You know, now, can I, I was like, wait a second, we have wild parties here at K2. I like wild parties. See, in the NIV, the word's actually orgies. So there's, these are really wild parties. Okay, so <laughs> envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. And then what does he say? Let me tell you again. So apparently he didn't get it through. You know, he said this before. Can I just tell you this again, he says? If anyone lives that sort of life, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not how I operate. You are free to choose to do that. But that's to the left. That's to the right. My ways are right down the highway. And look what he says. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> this is so weird. I'm not, this is not a lie. Both services, when I read that list, you know what happens to my spirit? I just, I, I, I even physically, I sense myself going, oh, is that, is that not a nice list? I mean, can you imagine like the world, you know? The world living in love and peace, being kind and gentle, faithful, having self-control. Oh. And God is saying, if you'll worship in truth, this will be the result of your life. Hey, do you want to find God's plan for your life? Then worship him, bow down, and obey simply what he says in the word of God. And you'll find it. All right? Now, we go to verse 9 for the last part of our message. And he says this. Have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? And that's all I'm going to put. We'll get to the other part. But here's what hit me, you guys. Because when, when, when uh, Joshua was getting ready to lead the people in the, Israel, it, in, the, in the Israelites into the promised land, if he would have only had the law and he would have said, okay, so uh, where are we supposed to go? Well, I don't know. Let's open up the law. The law wasn't going to tell him where to go. How did he know where he was supposed to go and where the promised land was? God commanded him. See, here again, you guys, it's a personal experience with God. You know, you know wouldn't it be great if, I, if you could wake up every morning? I'd be so awesome today to go, hey, great, this is the Gospel of Dave, October 12, 2008. Let me just check and see what I'm supposed to do today. You know, and can you imagine reading that? God doesn't operate that way. He says, here's my general, general principles, and I want you to follow them. But how am I going to know what I'm supposed to actually do with my life? How? Well, God says, you know what? If you receive me, I actually will come into your very being through my Holy Spirit. And I will lead you into all truth. You guys, this is a very, very personal experience that you're supposed to be having with God. And I want to tell you, you know what's so cool? Read 2 Corinthians 3 sometime. It talks about the glory of Moses you know, because you know, sometimes you look at the Old Testament, oh, man, that guy got like a burning bush. It's no fair. How come God was so clear to those guys? And you know what it says in 2 Corinthians 3? 
The glory that Moses had doesn't come close to the glory that we have because we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside us. That's amazing to me. Well, how's it work? Bill Hybels, his pastor in Chicago, used this word that I've loved ever since I've heard it. And he says, what God will do is he will prompt you. He will just move you and urge you with some things. You ever felt that? You ever have this sense where God just, these promptings, these thoughts come in your mind and you wonder if you should do them or not? Well, there's a good friend of mine. His name is Mike Menning. Mike actually attends uh, here. He was a pastor in the Valley and, and uh, has retired from that position and now he's uh, coming here to K2. He was one of the few uh, original guys that welcomed us into the valley when we first moved here. And uh, Mike told me a story uh, just a few weeks ago. And so we just thought, you know what? You all need to hear this. This is kind of one way that you worship in spirit. Listen to watch what Mike has to say. In 1987, I was uh, heading back from, from Pella, Iowa, and uh, heading back to, to our home, and uh, I came on a construction site, and there was a, a, a flag woman up ahead, and just as I spotted her, it just seemed like the Holy Spirit laid on my heart, uh, encouraged this woman. And so I drove up there and put my window down and I asked her, I said, how's your day going? And she said, uh, pretty good. And I said, really? I said, how's it really going? And she said, not very good. She said, I'm going through a tough time. And uh, I said, well, I, wa I just want to encourage you today. Uh, I said, you know, I kind of struggled for words, I guess. And I said, uh, I said, the Lord has a plan for your life. And then what I did is I, uh, I went, got out of my car and went to the trunk and picked up a copy of the book, uh, Us Four. It's a book about our family and how the Lord led us through a difficult time with our handicapped son. And I, um, I just signed the book and I had written in there Psalm 139, 16, which said uh, that before we had formed in our mother's womb, all the days ordained for us were written in your book before one of them came to be. And, uh, and with that, I told her um, to have a good day, and I said I'd be praying for her, and, and so I went on my way. weeks ago I was in Haywarden, Iowa on a Sunday evening preaching at a Sunday service and we walked up to the church, the pastor and his wife and myself, and, and this lady, a lady was standing there. She turned to me and she said, you're Mike Menning, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. And she says, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no, I don't. And, and she said, you talked to me 21 years ago, almost to the date, it's to the month, and she said, uh, she said, it was a conversation that changed my life. She said, I was working a construction site. I was a flag person for a construction company. And you stopped and you encouraged me. And that's when I remembered. She said, I have told this story of, of our meeting a gazillion times. 
and she said uh, a couple of weeks ago, she said, I was working with somebody in Sioux Center, Iowa, and I said to the lady next to me, I told her the story, and that's, that lady said, well, I know Mike Menick. And, and she, the lady she talked to is Jan Bronze. So she wrote me a letter, sent it to our address in Rock Valley, Iowa, and, and uh, she got the letter back, and it said address, forwarding address unknown. Uh, a couple weeks later, she uh, told Jan again, she says, I got my letter back. And Jan said, I just read in the Sioux County paper that Mike is gonna be preaching in the Haywarden Church on Sunday evening. And so she said, that's why I came. I just wanted to come and say thank you. And she gave me the letter. I didn't open it until after the service. And, and the letter talked about some things of the difficulties she went through in life. But she also knew that God was with her and that God had a plan for her life. And she totally committed her life to the Lord. And her family uh, is committed to the Lord to this day. So an experience like this really uh, gives me encouragement that whatever I do in life uh, might affect other people. I think when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, really when you think about it, it doesn't take that much effort, it doesn't take that much time. We don't have to always do big things to affect people. It's those tiny little things in life that affect people in a big way. God has blessed me in a special way now to confirm what I did at that time. And so you can be assured I'll be, uh, I'll be listening to those promptings uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah, cool story. I mean, I, I tell you, this is what you guys, what God does all the time. When he went to Moses and he said, hey, Moses, I see the misery and I hear the cries. Hey, Moses, you're the guy. See, I feel like today God is saying the same thing. I see the misery and I hear the cries and I am concerned. Nelson, you're the guy. How many of you have ever feel like you felt promptings like that? These little thoughts, these, these things that hit your heart or this person pops in your head and you can't stop thinking about them and you're wondering why. And I tell you what, I, I just know for me, I'm sitting here today because somebody responded to a prompting. About 15 years ago, I was ready to throw in the towel on ministry, man. I just, it's really hard and I was just getting a lot of people complaining you know, and saying that my ministry was basically ruining their lives, you know, it was really a fun time. And uh, so when that happens, you kind of just want to quit. And, um, and I literally was sitting in my office ready to quit. And there was a gal who popped in. She said, you know what, I've been meaning to tell you this for a year. She said, but today as I was driving to work, she goes, I knew I had to come and tell you today. You're right, you did. And she came and she just shared with me a very small thing that I had done that had helped change her life. And God was just saying, see, I, I'm here. Here's another one. I've shared this here before. But back when I was going in seminary in, in, in California, all of a sudden, this person who's very dear to me gets so heavy on my heart, right? And I, I know I've shared this here before. It's still amazing to me, though, to the point where I'm like, man, I just started praying for him, and I called him, and I just said, and I couldn't get through. Two weeks later, I finally get to them, and I said, man, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, why? And I said, man, because about two weeks ago, you were so heavy on my heart. 
and I, and I gave you a call, and I just, I was so concerned. And they said, what day was that? And I told them, and they said, okay, that was the day that I attempted suicide. And I found myself in the hospital. I've been in there in the psychiatric ward and haven't been able to get back to you. Can I, can I share with you, why in the world would I sense something in California about a person across the country and have it be at the exact moment that they needed my prayers and my love. I'm telling you, you guys can, you can say whatever you want. To me, that helps me believe there's a God. And he sees the misery, and he hears the cries, and he is concerned. And you guys, it's not always that big. It's not. But I'm telling you, there are moments all the time. In fact, lots of times I just sit there and go, I wonder how much I miss when I get those little nudges and I don't listen to them. Of watching and having the opportunity to be on the adventure with God. And you know what Jesus says? Hey, you want to be a worshiper that the Father seeks after? Then when you read his word, just do what it says. Do it. He seeks after people who will listen to him. Because they're the ones who will find his will. And they're the ones who will do it. And then Jesus says you got to be a worshiper of spirit. you got to grow in this ability to figure out how when God is speaking to you and when he's prompting you. And one of the things you'll know, you guys, is it will never be outside of his word. It's that whole list that I read in Galatians. It's not going to be that type of stuff when God moves. It's not going to cause divisions and cause anger and be outside of his will for marriage. and all. It's just not. But when it's full of peace and love and joy and goodness and patience, it's probably of God. Encourage somebody. Follow him. See, because, again, you guys, what's a man-made religion? Jesus hated man-made religion. What was it? At its core, it's when you follow yourself. When you worship and bow down and serve yourself more than you serve him. And if you want to find his will, God is moving. Get ready, you guys. God is saying to you and me right now, get ready, I'm moving. But you better be strong. You better be courageous. And you better follow what I say in my words. You better meditate on it and know it and follow it. And then you better follow me when I prompt you. And you will see me do great things. So band, come on up. And here's what we want to do to end our service today is we want to give you a chance, you guys, because I feel like almost the worship component here at the end of the service is kind of like meditation to me. Like we could close the service right now and you could all walk out of here and just got information. But these next 15 to 20 minutes, what it's going to be is it's going to give you a chance to get it from your head and seep it down and get it into your heart. To get to a place, maybe, you know, two weeks ago, hundreds of you stood up here and said, here am I, send me. I'm ready, God. If you, if you ask, I'm going. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Today is another day to get your heart to that place to say, man, I want to be a worshiper God seeks. I want to be a true worshiper. I want to respond to his word, and I want to respond to his promptings. I want to see God's will be done. And so we're going to give you about 15 minutes right now to sing from your heart, not just words, to meditate on the words that Mike's going to lead us through and get them to the very core of your being so by the time you walk out of here, you're like, that's me. I'm not going left. I'm not going right. I want to see what God has for me. I'm going to be a true worshiper. So here's the deal. We're going to take our offering during this time. And if you're visiting with us, please do not worry about the financial moment. Um, you are our guest, and we're really glad that you're here. But if you're a follower of Christ, can I just say, 
It actually says in here, this would be worshiping in truth, that God is the one who's given you everything that you own. And to love him back, he says, hey, just give me one out of those 10, would you? Here's 10. Give me one. That's basically all he says. Because you know why he says it? He goes, because I want to make sure you don't start worshiping and serving your money. <laughs> so release a little bit of it just to kind of make sure that it doesn't control you. And then I can use it to further what I want to do in the world. So if you want to worship him as an offering, then partake. Otherwise, go for it. Let's give him our hearts. And let's get this truth into our very being so we can walk out of being here as a person that God seeks. Let's do it together. Thank you.